All right, welcome to Kahuna and the Wasp. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you to Steel Pixel Studios for having us. Today, we're going to discuss what's going on this week in the NFL. We're going to talk about the New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll also discuss what's going on in the NFL in terms of fantasy football. We'll discuss some player props, over-unders, and this week's betting lines. Uh, I want to welcome my co-host, uh, the Kahuna. Kahuna, good morning. Hey, good morning, Wasp. All right, so this week we got a special guest, Mr. John Glass. Uh, he played for Rutgers on the offensive line. We're looking forward to hearing his viewpoint on some of the, some of the matchups this week, including the upcoming Rutgers-Ohio State game. Uh, so let's uh, recap what happened to the New York Jets this week in week three in the NFL. New York Jets lose to the Denver Broncos 26 to nothing. Uh, New York Jets, led by Zach Wilson, was 19 for 35, 160 yards, two interceptions. Uh, Wilson just not getting a, a lot of time to read uh, his wide receivers. He's forcing passes, making a couple mistakes, but he is a rookie, so it's very understandable. Uh, Michael Carter, the running back, nine attempts, 24 yards, zero touchdowns, a rookie as well. Uh, it's good to see Carter starting to assert himself in the offense, but 24 yards is just not enough from your running back. You really need him to produce. And uh, as a wide receiver, you had Corey Davis leading the way, five receptions, 41 yards, no touchdowns. Um, what do you think of the New York Jets' uh, twenty-six nothing loss to the Broncos? Well, you know, I, th I think it's what you got to expect. Like you said, a, a rookie quarterback coming in and f facing really a tough uh, pass D and a pass rush uh, defense in the Broncos. Basically, the Broncos' uh, defense won the game. Teddy Bridgewater didn't have much to do, and uh, that was the end of the story. So I, I think the Jets have some better games ahead of themselves, but. They probably need to try to uh, protect Zach a little bit more. Uh, don't make him force so many passes and get that run game fixed. I agree. Yeah, Denver Broncos 3-0. and Teddy Bridgewater was 19 for 25, 235 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 18 attempts, 61 yards and a touchdown. And Tim Patrick led the way with five receptions, 98 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, you know, big thing here was uh, the Jets, I thought, 0-2 on fourth down. The offensive line was only giving Wilson, on average this year, 1.7 seconds to get rid of the ball. That's the worst in the NFL. So, you know, for a rookie quarterback to have any uh, success in the NFL, you got to run the ball well, which they're not, and you got to protect them, which they're not. So that's why they're 0-3. So let's go next to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles lose to the Cowboys 41-21. Uh, you want to break that down, Kuna? Yeah, just before we get there, uh, just thinking about the Jets next week. We're looking at them facing Tennessee, and uh, everyone knows uh, Tennessee should uh, clean that one up pretty handily. As a matter of fact, in fantasy, they're all picking Tennessee D as one of the top Ds of the week. Um, but there are some issues uh, in, in the Tennessee world. You know, A.J. Brown was hurt last week, and uh, Julio Jones has got some issues. So uh, who knows what goes on there. Uh, and Tennessee hasn't played well either yet, so they really need this game. So I think you're going to see him play hard. And, uh, and I think uh, our, our man Henry is going to be running all over the Jets this week. So uh, that's kind of my thoughts for the upcoming week with the Jets. Now, as far as uh, last week, the Eagles-Cowboys was really kind of a miserable loss for the Eagles for many ways, uh, what, 41-21. And, you know, I, I thought the problem with the Eagles was – to me, it looked more like a coaching problem. Uh, I'm not sure the play calls, uh, if they're making sense to me. Uh, they're not running the ball at all. I mean, Sanders, what, two for 27 yards on the ground? Um, too many penalties. Uh, and, you know, finally, they just they can't get off, uh, uh, you know, too many three and outs. So, you know, who knows? And the first two weeks, the Eagles look pretty good with their defense. But, you know, when they're on the field, 
like they were all last year, they get gassed. So that's a problem. But, you know, recapping quickly, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, statistically he looks like he had a good game, 25 or 39, 320-some yards uh, for two touchdowns, two picks. And he rushed uh, for 35 yards, but no touchdowns there. The problem I have with the Hurts was his accuracy wasn't all that good, and he was missing some key third-down plays. Zach Ertz made a reappearance. Everyone likes to think Goddard's tight end there, but Zach Ertz had uh, four for seven, 53 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, unfortunately for me, uh, I have Miles Sanders in my fantasy team. Only two attempts, 27 yards, three for four on uh, receiving for 28 yards. So that just has to change. Uh, Cowboys, on the other hand, Dak Prescott, uh, the 400-yard guy, was only 21 for 20, 21 out of 26 with 238 yards, three touches. He just didn't have anything to do. Very, uh, very efficient. Uh, Zeke had a great game, 17-95 and two touchdowns. And Dan Dalton Schultz, I should say, popped up another unknown tight end because it's either the, the Darwin show or uh, the Schultz show, and you don't know week to week. But six receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. So very nice. I think it was two touchdowns there for Schultz. Oh, you're correct, right. You're right about that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, so up up next week, uh, the Eagles, <clears throat> Kansas City. So, you know, that's that's going to be a heck of a game. And they both have to win. They're both one and two. But I got to think that Kansas City is going to be stepping on the gas hard here. So, Well, the uh, line came out, Kansas City minus eight and a half. That line's currently at Kansas City minus seven. So a little money coming in on the Eagles. But the over-under opened at 50, and it's now up to 54 and a half. So a lot of people are thinking there's got to be a lot of points for the line to move four and a half in three days. Well, the Kansas City D has not been playing well. Um, so, yeah, you can put points on them. But I think for the Eagles, the uh, the key is going to be run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And if they do that, they'll open up the play action, they'll open up Hurts, and they'll open up their receivers, and they'll keep the D on the sideline where they need to be fresh to go after Patrick. Oh, I agree. I agree. So we'll see what happens. Eagles, Kansas City coming up this week. Uh, right now, Kansas City minus seven. So let's talk a little bit of fantasy football. Um, I'm going to go wide receiver. I'm not sure who to start this week. Got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Last week he had three receptions, 21 yards, 5.1 fantasy points. Not his biggest day. Uh, He'll be playing the Rams this week, but he's projected 18 fantasy points. Uh, Question is, you know, how are the ribs? He's kind of coming off injury. And the other receivers in Arizona, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, uh, I think R.J. Moore, they're putting up over 100 per game as well. So either you got everybody on DeAndre Hopkins and they're letting everyone run free or Hopkins is still a little banged up and that's way at a slow start. We also got Julio Jones. He's still marked as questionable. He had three receptions, 47 yards this week. Uh, He's playing the Jets this week. A.J. Brown, I think, still on the sideline. He's projected 16.9 points. That's a lot. But again, he is questionable. So I imagine he suits up, but uh, we'll have to see come Saturday morning. And Jamar Chase, uh, all he does is score touchdowns. He's playing this Thursday against Jacksonville. He had four receptions, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. And that's 22 fantasy points, and he's projected 15 on Thursday. What do you think, Una? Well, you know, I love DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but not this week, right? He's playing against the Rams. He has been hurt. He may just be out there as a decoy and uh, making space for everybody else. So of the two, I like matchup-driven uh, picks, and Julio Jones and Jamar Chase both playing soft teams with uh, you know good matchups. So I'd go with them. Oh, I was uh, leaning toward Jamar Chase as well, so I guess uh, Jamar Chase it is for the week. So what about you, Kuna? What do you got going on? Looks like you have a couple questions with your running backs. Oh, my God. Well, uh, you know, I got Christian McCaffrey on two teams, and guess what? He's out. So after I stopped crying all last week, I started to figure out what I have to do to move forward. So I tried to pick up Chubba uh, 
Chubba Hubbard on as many teams as possible. And uh, so my, my choices are Chase Edmonds um, going against uh, uh, the Rams. And, you know, he may get some play because the Rams, they do have a tough uh, run D, but not so much against pass-catching backs. And I think uh, it's going to be chasing points. So I kind of like Chase Edmonds. You know, I have Miles Sanders, oh, my God. But if they actually employ him and run him, he's going to make yards against Kansas City. And I think that's going to be Eagles' secret to winning. So I think I'm going to have to play Sanders. And then I picked up Chubba Hubbard, so I will have to use him in place of McCaffrey uh, playing against Dallas. So what do you think about those choices? I mean, you got Chubba, again, replacing McCaffrey. He's almost this year's Mike Davis. He's projected 17 points. So even with him coming in, what, after the – uh, early second quarter, he had 11 rushes, 52 yards, five targets, three receptions, 27 yards. Um, I think he can have a good day. I think he could put up good points. Uh, but I, my start goes to Miles Sanders. I know he had a rough week, but a rough week still got him eight and a half fantasy points. I think he has a bounce back week, like you said. Philly tries to run the ball, establish the run, and Miles Sanders finds the end zone. So I'm going to go Miles Sanders this week. All right. Thank you. All right, so when we get back, we're going to have Mr. John Glass from Rutgers University here. All right, see you in a minute. All right, welcome, John Glass. Welcome to the show. We really appreciate you coming on. Awesome uh, to be here. Awesome to be here, man. John Glass, he was a uh, offensive lineman for Rutgers University, played from 2002 to 2005. Uh, he had all Big East honors, not just first team. He was also second team in 2002. Um, he was the part of the offensive line that brought the first 1,000-yard rusher since 1994 to Rutgers University. They had so many Rice. All, so many offensive weapons, and that's what you said, Ray Rice, uh, NFL superstar for the Ravens. You know, you led the way. You were blocking. You were doing the dirty work. Uh, we'd love to hear, a, you know, a viewpoint, a good story from you in the trenches. Uh, oh, man, I, I, it was some, some great stories of Ray Rice. What's funny about Ray, um, Ray came into Rutgers when I was a freshman. I mean, when he was a freshman, I was a senior mm-hmm. uh, there. So I was obviously very good friends with the starting running back, a uh, good, great, great friend of mine to this day, Clarence Pittman. And uh, he was started to be slated to be the number one guy. Uh, Ray comes into camp. You know, we don't know him from a hole in the wall. And, um, you know, one, one you know, those dog days of camp. And all of a sudden, one day, they call the first team offense out. And I see Ray Rice in the huddle. <laughs> and I look to the sideline. And I look at my friend. And he's hot. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, and, and some of us were kind of like, you know, adverse to the change. But uh, after that first game, I mean, Ray did his thing. Had an unbelievable game. Um, and, and, and then we all seen it, right? We, we seen what it was at that point. What was the highest national rank Rutgers had uh, in your senior season? Uh, my senior season, I don't know if we were nationally ranked, but the following year, um, we were definitely nationally ranked. I think we made it almost to 22 or 23. Uh, we beat Louisville, uh, which was a big game, at home when the year before my senior year, they spanked us in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big a big comeback for us. And, uh, um, and that year, uh, so my year, my senior year, was the first year Rutgers went to a bowl game in 27 years. That's fantastic. It's awesome. Well, Rutgers, I mean, you just uh, lost to Michigan. They were 19th-ranked uh, team in the country. You lost 20-13, to 13, very respectable loss. Uh, now you got Ohio State, who I think is the 11th-ranked team. Mm. I mean, uh, do you want to be back out there? You want to be back in those games? Michigan, Ohio State, it's just exciting. I mean, it, there, there's, there, there's, there's, a, there's just an electric that comes from uh, playing in those big games. That's just, it's just hard to match, you know. So watching it now, being away from it, um, you know, it, it's tough. But I love, I love seeing it. I love seeing the team. And what's really cool is, is you know, just a weird situation. The head coach that I had at Rutgers, you know, after I left, I think two years later, he left. He went to the NFL. Then he was actually the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. 
uh, Greg Schiano. And um, and after um, and then my my offensive line coach became the head coach at Rutgers, which was pretty cool. Um, Kyle Flood, great guy. And then you know after you know a couple things happened with Rutgers. Uh, a few coaches later, the big push was to bring Greg Schiano back, and uh, and they got him back. And um, from being away with Urban Meyer at Ohio State, running the defense and doing that, um, you know I think he kind of seasoned and grew. I mean, a great guy, great coach, but uh, you know he grew as well as a coach. Now back at Rutgers, reestablishing the program, uh, similar to how we did my my first year. There was his second, you know, reestablishing the program. So now he's back, you know, reestablishing the program, and um, and I could see why, you know, only only uh, uh, almost beat Michigan. You know, came down to the last minute with that, had not had opportunities uh, to make that happen. So I just think that goes to show as far as you know the Greg Schiano coach type teams. Um, you know, there's some things I agree and don't don't agree with, but as far as his coaching style and, and his able, ability to recruit and get people up for those big games, I think you're really seeing that now and looking forward to Ohio State. I think, um, you know, I think Ohio State has more in their hands than maybe they believe with that with that situation coming up. So that's kind of, you know, the, the, the background of it. But um, I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. You know, Michigan, that, that was a tough one um, right there. But, you know, uh, like we were talking, I think that really kind of shows the, the, the quality of the team, the players we have, the type of coaching, and just the true grit. I think it's just a real gritty team, and I think that's what's going to kind of keep them in and have them win some more games this year in the Big East is just that grit that Rutgers has. Oh, man, well, we appreciate the insight. Uh, current Rutgers players, you got the quarterback, Noah Ver- Verdral. Uh mm-hmm. He's been 76 for 111, 762 yards, five touchdowns on the season. Uh, your leading running back is uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, 66 attempts, 200. 68 yards, three touchdowns, and as a top wide receiver, you got Bo Bo Melton, 24 receptions, 250 yards, two touchdowns. So you got great players doing great things, and we hope that continues into the weekend. Of course, Rutgers, mm-hmm. Rutgers yes. alumni is going to be super excited, <laughs> and hopefully they can bring back the W. Yeah, you know, the thing I've really been uh, enjoying watching Rutgers, they don't make a lot of mistakes. In their defense, they're on you. So I think that keeps them in tough games, and you know, a couple of breaks here and there is going to do the difference. So absolutely, and 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 uh, the head coach Greg Schiano is a defensive guy. That mm-hmm. that's his bread and butter. Um, and yeah, Rutgers are going to chop. You know, that's that's what we're known for, and 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 they're definitely going to get after it and swarm. That's a big thing. They love to always talk about swarm on defense. Uh, I, I remember hearing them screaming all day in practice, man, swarm the ball, swarm to the ball. And if you get all eleven guys to the football, obviously on defense, that's a great thing. But yeah, the defense is definitely a, a tough piece uh, to the Rutgers. Um, um, organization, I think you know they always have to bring it on defense. I love their running back uh, Pacheco. Um, I really like him. I think he brings that that, that next level to the offense. And uh, and they and they also have some you know good decisions because that they have a transfer. I got it just transferred in top quarterback uh, Gavin Wimsat. So he's actually eligible to start playing this year. Um, whether they're going to make that change or not, I don't know. Their quarterback now is doing a great job, but um, they do have some more more fire <laughs> you know uh, 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 coming up. So a lot of good things, and you know. Maybe we'll, maybe they unleash a package for him um, against Ohio State. Who knows? But um, I'd love to see him. You know, put put that to put that to work a little bit. So good things coming up, and you know, looking forward to this big game uh, with Ohio State. You know, they're let's let's keep it real. I mean, they're 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 the best team more than likely in the big uh, 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 you know in the conference right now. And um, and I almost said Big East, Big East when I, when I was playing you know, during the Big Ten now. But you know, they're probably going to run that conference. Um, you know, I mean, their only loss is what to a number three team, I believe, this year, Oregon. But other than that, I number mean, twelve, Oregon, number, number twelve. Now now they're number twelve. Yeah, yeah. Number, now they're number twelve, right? So. So, 
um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but that's always the barometer right there. You know, that Ohio State game for a lot of teams in the conference is the barometer, you know, where they're at and, and where they're going to be. So we're really going to see. We're and Penn to State, see. too. Oh, of course. Yeah, you can't leave out Penn State. Can't yep. uh, Absolutely. But um, but be, but the last few years, I, I, I would probably say Ohio State's more on the upper echelon of that. And But Penn State, absolutely, on, on their way up, back, um, you know, uh, a couple years removed from Saquon, but they still got some great talent. There's some Lehigh Valley talent on a team right now, the wide receiver uh, out there. Uh, awesome guy. Can't remember his name <laughs> off the top of my head now, but, but some Lehigh Valley talent definitely represented with Penn State. We'll get those names figured out for next week. So, yeah, we got uh, Rutgers, Ohio State. It's going to be Saturday, October 2nd at 3.30. Uh, line opened up at 15.5, uh, under over 56.5. The uh, uh, the line stayed the same, and over-under has gone up to 58.5 currently. So we'll see what happens. Very exciting mm-hmm. game. We'll say go Rutgers for Mr. John Glass. Uh, but otherwise, John Glass, you know, we, you know, you did a lot on the field, and you're doing a lot off the field. Uh, why don't you explain a little bit about what you're doing now that you're bringing to the Lehigh Valley? Absolutely. Well, you know, my 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 area of studies at Rutgers was um, was was actually a, I was a history major, and um, you know, just just kind of was my interest. And um, but I always had business in the back of my mind. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, but um, but I, but I had a great opportunity. So from moving on from Rutgers, coming back out to the Lehigh Valley where I'm from, I naturally got into coaching. Uh, you know, teaching, working in the district, and uh, I, I loved it. I love being able to you know give back sports wise, give back you know in terms of uh, mentoring you know other younger players. Younger kids, so I, I love doing that. And I was introduced to a great opportunity business-wise, um, which you know really kind of transformed my life. And um, a lot of the same qualities, I love it because you know the business we work in, um, helping and educating people financially. It's just giving back and helping, similar to what I was doing in the district, but uh, it's structured in a way that it's, uh, it's run like a team. You know, so you know you you always have your top guys and and the and the qualities. Of course, you know I think sports in general, but I think football is a big one that just kind of teaches you a lot of life lessons. And uh, you know that transition kind of into my business life. I didn't know that that's kind of what it was going to be, but uh, a lot of great lessons. And uh, now, absolutely, you know, in, in position to help give back to a lot of people and provide some education and, and, and put people in, in a much better situation. Also in situations helping parents, educating them on, you know, kids that aren't in our situation as far as full scholarships and things like that. You know, um, you know how to put away money for college and, and, and having something other than scholarships because, you know, if you're not, you're not you know, not one of the, the blessed ones to receive a scholarship, there is other scholarship options and there's other ways, you know, as far as smart planning with money um, that we can actually help, you know, more people get to, the, to college and get to that second level of education. So I love kind of tying that all together and it's just still helping the community in a, in a very powerful way. Um, so it kind of transition from sports into business, but you know, to me, it's all the same thing. We're building a team we're we're working with people and, uh, and the goal is to put the starters on the field, <laughs> just like in sports. So it's pretty awesome what, what we have going on business-wise. Absolutely. So what name of the business, how can people get in touch with Absolutely. you? Absolutely. So the name of the company is Primerica. Um, we're an independently owned operation here. Our office is on Tillman Street in Allentown. Uh, the best way to get a hold of us is honestly a a direct call to me or, or our office, um, 484-505-8177. Um, you could also uh, check out our website anytime, um, primerica.com. Great information on you know financial education, what we do to help families, and if any of that information, um, you know, it, that information is available to everybody. And uh, if anybody wants to capitalize on it, you could ask, definitely call into the show, talk to the WASP, and he can connect you and I uh, outside of the email or just going to the website and getting some more information. But um, about helping people is what we 
we do and uh, help people make smart decisions with money, um, a lot of things that isn't taught in school. So we bring that education to the second level and uh, and help in a variety of different ways financially for people. So it's awesome what we do and uh, and, and giving people an opportunity as well to uh, to earn more income and, and learn more about that and and just really taking advantage of everything we could do to give back to the community. So if I can give back and help other people at the same situation, uh, uh, it's, it's always a good thing. Awesome. Well, that, you know, that's John Glass working for Primerica, uh, you know, played for Rutgers, also was in NFL Europe. Uh, the name was? Rheinfire uh, in Dusseldorf, Germany, right next to the Rhine River. Um, unbelievable experience. We was over there for a year. Actually, my year was the last year of NFL Europe, which was 2007. Um, sort of a, 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 a developmental league, if you will. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, teams that, you know, wanted to look at players, but, you know, maybe undrafted players or, or late round players uh, had an opportunity to go to NFL Europe. Europe and showcase your your uh, your skills for ten games, unbelievable. Got to uh, you know see Germany. You got to travel the world. Still have some great friends from that experience. Um, great guys from the team. Some of which are in the league now. Some of which were in the league and back out. And also doing great things business wise. Um, there's artists in Baltimore. There's business people in New Jersey and here in Pennsylvania as well. So you know great connections with that. Um, but NFL Europe, the Ryan Fire was a great experience. Um, but they actually did shut that that part down uh, over there. They still have uh, Europe football, but it's not just sanctioned through the NFL. Anymore. Understood. It's a little bit different, but it was it was a great time, great opportunity. They keep talking about making that bigger too, the NFL Europe. That's that's what it was, you know. And it was, it was fun. I remember um, when we came out the tunnel. They uh, like you know the 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 crowd was awesome, but soccer is the main sport over you know in Germany so they treated the football games like soccer games foosball foosball <laughs> so I mean there's nothing going on it's the you know a, a first down play in the middle of the of the second quarter but the crowd is going crazy like we scored just going nuts and it was it was a different experience for me because you know you're used to the crowd roaring when something happens but just to see uh, so many people just excited to be in a stadium and be in that environment and I think that's what the NFL really liked about that but we got to experience kind of what it is, um, you know, a different game, mm. but with uh, uh, same game, different fans for us. Well, so I thought was, beer was drinking was the number one sport in Germany, so I'm <laughs> that, not sure. That, if that's not number two, it's pushing number one, <laughs> absolutely. So all the Germans are saying they got uh, Bayern Munich jerseys, and then they got their John Glass jersey right next to it. <laughs> they're so out like there, they're idea. definitely out there. So while we have you here, we're going to give some final thoughts on some sure. of the NFL games coming up this week. Uh, we got the Steelers versus Packers. Line opened up Green Bay minus six. It's now six and a half. Aaron Rodgers does what he does again. Again last week, and just a monster come from behind victory. Um, he was throwing, he was throwing <laughs> Devonte Adams the ball all day. Everyone knew it was going to him, but they could not stop him. He took that huge hit in the middle of the game, mm -hmm. comes back, and then wins the team. Basically, wins the game for his team at the end. Uh, Kahuna, what do you think about that game? Well, you know, you look at the Steelers one and two, and they're lucky to be one and two after they got that defensive uh, victory against the Bills. And then you have Green Bay, who I don't know how he got so surprised in New Orleans at 2-1, and one, but that's where they're at. You know, Green Bay is playing well, and they're accelerating, and the Steelers are just fumbling all over the place. Their offensive line, sorry, uh, is terrible. <laughs> they can't do anything. They can't protect Ben. Ben's been hit so many times. He's got hurt pectoral muscles already. I don't think he can throw the ball more than 15, 20 yards right now. He's so hurt. Uh, they got the new, uh, you know, major back, Najee Harris. He just has no room. But guess what? What he can't make in running, he ended up catching uh, 14 of 19 pass attempts this last game, an NFL record, I believe. So uh, you could just see when you got to make all your passes to your running back, you're not protecting the quarterback. And then, uh, you know, defense for Pittsburgh, they're hurt. And, you know, they're vaunted. They were supposed to be the number one stop D out there, and they're struggling. So right now I'm not very happy with uh, the Steelers 
while Green Bay is just uh, is really hitting their stride. You can't stop Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, one-two punch. Mm. So uh, this should be kind of a, a walk-away laugher for Green Bay. Mr. Glass, what do you think? Um, I mean, I concur. <laughs> I definitely concur. I mean, you have that bad man over there in Aaron Rodgers. You can never count him out. Um, you know, even if they didn't have all the weapons you just mentioned, I would still probably lean toward Aaron Rodgers getting it done. So I'm going to have to roll with him uh, definitely over the Steelers. Steelers having too many issues. Offensive line, you mentioned the running back catching the ball, what, 12 times? Yeah, 14 uh, out of 19. 14 out of 19. Well, that, that, that shows me that they're not blocking for him because they'd rather be handing him the ball than throwing it to him, I'm sure. So I'm going to definitely have to go with the Packers in that one. All right, so it looks like consensus. We got Packers all the way around i'll say even a safer bet is you know money line packers you know maybe they win by three four but i guess uh, we'll take green bay mm-hmm. moving on uh you got tampa bay versus the patriots i think this is going to be the game of the week uh tom brady coming back i feel like this is going to be a home game for tom brady uh they just signed uh the bucks richard sherman so you got a little bit of noise coming in the back end there uh tampa bay's minus three kahuna what do you think well, look, Bucks two and one, and uh, they that one loss was a tough one last week against the Rams. You can't take anything about it. Tom Brady is madder than a Hornet right now, losing that game, and there's nothing he wants to do more than go up there and show Belichick what's up. So you know he's going to be throwing. I, I don't even think that they're going to be giving running backs any play at all. He's just going to be throwing, throwing, and throwing. Meanwhile, the Patriots. They're just a well-coached team. They know what they're doing, but they don't have the talent across the board to compete. Uh, They're not going to be able to run, which is what they love to do, but not against Tampa D. As far as I'm concerned, Damian Harris is going to have a hard time finding any kind of room. Uh, James White is hurt. God knows how long. So, uh, you know, I, I just think this one, it might be close. But I don't think so. I think Tampa takes care of business. What do you think, John? I think. Uh, I think. I think Tampa. I think the ancillary players for Tampa step up because they know what it means to Tom this week. So I think you're going to get a lot of great players. I think you're going to get a great special teams effort. I think you're just going to see a big extra effort across the board from those guys because Tom comes in, leads them to a Super Bowl. They love and respect him, and uh, and they know how he feels about the whole Patriots situation and probably does have a chip on his shoulder with the whole um, Bell Belichick situation. I can't see Brady going up there and not being stellar versus a rookie quarterback that has his old job, um, chip on the shoulder from giving a, a loss last week. I got to go with Tom Brady all day in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that line opened up at minus three. I think it's all the way up to minus six and a half. So I think America believes Brady's coming in mm-hmm. to put up five touchdowns. Hey, did we talk about that secret weapon going up there with Tom? Gronk. <laughs> I tell you what, the Patriot fans, uh, you know, they love Tom Brady no matter what, no matter where he went. But to see him back in a different uniform and Gronk in a different uniform, and they're probably going to score two touchdowns has to be a little mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. On the third game, we got Cardinals versus the Rams. Uh, Opened up at minus four and a half Rams. It's now up to minus five. Uh, We got Kyler Murray versus Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup's been unbelievable. I mean, I'm really impressed with both teams so far. Um, I think the Cardinal D needs to show up if they want to win this game. And uh, is Cooper Cup a top three receiver? Uh, Kahuna, what do you think? Uh, Cooper Cup has come out of nowhere. I mean, he's always been really good, but Stafford just, you know, making him shine. Um, and the Rams are just playing. They're hitting on all cylinders between Cup, Woods, Jefferson, uh, Deshaun Jackson last week. And uh, they're just they're doing crazy. And Tyler Higby's been quiet, but he's been playing well. Uh, yeah, their running back situation is a problem right now. You got Henderson hurt. Michelle went over there, uh, did a journeyman's job last week. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of running against the Arizona. So uh, I see Stafford throwing and throwing well. 
Uh, and as far as the cards, Kyler Murray, if you stop him, you stop the Cardinals. So uh, they're going to be coming up with all kinds of packages, whether or not he breaks away uh, and, he, you know, he makes some play. But their running game is not going to uh, do anything for him in Arizona, not against the Rams. So I, I got to think this could be a close game depending on the defenses, but uh, I, I like L.A. to win at home. John? I agree. I think it's going to be a very close game. I mean, to me, it's a toss-up. I mean, you got two powerhouse offenses. I'm, uh, I'm pretty much looking at it like that. Um, you know, you got you got an in-conference matchup with, in my opinion, probably the best conference in the NFL and talking about the NFC West. Um, so it's going to be a big game for both teams. That's why I kind of think it's going to be really tight and probably down to the wire. Might be come down to who has the ball last. Um, you know, I, we see two dynamic quarterbacks, you know, one kind of coming into his own with his team, one at a, obviously at a new team doing some big numbers uh, and, and possibly, like you mentioned, the, the best, uh, best receiver in the league, at least right now. So, I see, you know, I see a lot of points on the board for this one. I see, I see them both being a high scoring. Definitely going to come down to if the defense can do something. But um, it, I believe it's going to be who has the ball last in this game. I it's like going to come down to the last minute. Yep. I'm going to agree. I mean, I have the cards. I'll take the five points. I think it will be a close enough game where those five points will mean a lot. I think the Cardinals can win outright. Uh, so with that said, uh, I'll take the the Cardinals. But the Rams did beat the Buccaneers last week and took care of Tom Brady. So you know, it's going to be a tough game regardless. Well, again, uh, that's the end of our show. We just want to thank our sponsors, Steel Pixel Studios, uh, Ben, our producer. Uh, big special thanks to John Glass. We really appreciate you being on this week. And uh, we'd love to hear your input on our weekly decisions, some of our uh, our fantasy picks. You can call us at 484-242-8904. Um, next week, we're going to dive into the NFL, the Jets, the Eagles. We're also going to talk a little hockey in the New York Islanders with their signing of Zdeno Chara. So go Jets. They're uh, 0-3. Go Eagles at 1-2. and Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Kahuna and the Wasps.